Hello, I'm Daniel Simpson, the host of Ancient Futures. And if you're hearing this, you're listening to a preview of an archived podcast. For the full conversation, go to ancientfutures.substack.com. The link is in the show notes and become a paid subscriber. Or you can also sign up for a free seven day trial with no obligation. If you already subscribe, however, you have access to everything via the website, um, where you can go to your account page to set up a feed to your favourite podcast app. Just follow the instructions at ancientfutures.substack.com forward slash account. Now, everything is free at the time of release, so it's also possible to subscribe without any charge to get the latest episodes direct to your inbox, along with other interviews and things that I write. All of that does take time to produce, though, so while it's a labour of love, subscriber donations do help make it sustainable. But if you're not in a position to pay, just send me a message and we'll work something out. For now, on with the preview. Hello and welcome to Ancient Futures, where we mess with the space-time continuum so I can be in multiple places at once. (laughs) And uh, this week I'm in Norway, where I'm teaching at the Norwegian Yoga Festival. Um, So I'll be back with some more interviews soon. Um, For now though, to mark the six-month anniversary of sharing conversations at Ancient Futures... I'm rewinding to the start when I didn't have a podcast. Um, So today, that means uh, revisiting a chat with Richard Rosen, um, in which we explore the significance of numbers to yoga philosophy. Um, So starting with zero and uh, going all the way to 108 and beyond. Um, We also have a great chat about the, the meaning of yoga in contemporary terms, as well as how its teachings relate to our lives, um, including facing the prospect of death. Now, before we get to that, um, I just want to mention that I'll be doing that sort of thing, talking about uh, yoga philosophy in practical ways, um, at a UK retreat um, at the end of August, uh, as well as in various other locations, uh, about which you can find out more at uh, danielsimpson.info. Or you can also check out uh, the show notes at uh, ancientfutures.substack.com or via your podcast app, uh, where um, you will also be able to follow a link (laughs) to come back to the Substack site and uh, make a donation, should you feel so moved, um, to sustain future episodes. For now, though, let's dive right in and uh, revisit this conversation I had with Richard Rosen about his book, Yoga by the Numbers, as well as much more besides. Hello, Richard. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming. Um, It's an honour. And um, just to uh, sort of clarify the context for us coming together, uh, you have a new book, Yoga by the Numbers, which you were kind enough to send me and uh, which I've enjoyed reading. And uh, I'd like to use that as a a springboard for a a much broader discussion about yoga in general, um, and particularly yoga philosophy and how that relates to life in the 21st century, because a lot of these texts don't seem to have been written with that in mind. Yeah, um, but, but before before we get on to all of that, um, maybe you could just give us an idea why you wanted to write about numbers in relation to yoga. Uh, well, um, I was associated for many years with Georg Furstein. I don't know if you mm. have ever met him. Yeah, I never met him. No, and um, I um, 
I, I, I have a lot of his books. Um, he, he would send me some or I'd, I'd buy them or whatever. And one of his books is called Spirituality by the Numbers. And he took a different, he took numbers from different uh, world religions, Christianity, Judaism, Islam. And he, he wrote a book about the numbers and those, how, they, how they worked in those, in those particular religions. And I thought, oh, what a good idea to do about yoga. So I, I pitched that to, to Shambhal and, and surprisingly, they, they went for it. So there's the book. Well, there are lots of numbers, obviously, in, yeah. in the realm of yoga philosophy. <laughs> so it's may, maybe not quite as many as in Buddhism, where there's all these lists endlessly yeah. and you compile everything by numbers I, there, I, but the, the surprising I, I, number. I had no idea how many numbers there were. I mean, I, I just I was just overwhelmed with numbers for, for a while. It's like I got to calm down a little bit. <laughs> Which were the most obvious ones to you when, when you were thinking at the beginning before you dived in deeper? Um, which numbers are the most recurring? The most, the most recurring? Um, well, three, of course, mm -hmm. and five. There's lots, of, there's lots of threes and lots of fives. And I, I, the, the number I, I liked researching the most was, was zero. That was really fun to look into zero and, and, and to discover the, the origins of the, of the number and argue with my friends whether it's a number or not. Well, I was about to ask you, is zero a number? <laughs> or is it the absence of which that makes other numbers possible? I thought it was very interesting that the Indians uh, invented zero because they were the ones that weren't, weren't, weren't concerned about nothing. In fact, they were looking for nothing in, in, in a certain way, while all the other the earlier cultures were a little bit skittish around zero. That they they didn't really care for nothing that much. <laughs> for anyone listening who's who's not so sure about why Indian culture might be a fan of nothing, could you unpack that a little bit for us? Well, nothing. That's you know that's a nothing. It's it's a full nothing. It's it's a it's a mm -hmm. pregnant nothing, and uh, um. That, that's you know that's really the the, uh, the goal of, of of a lot of meditation is is to find that 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 potential point where um, uh, you know uh, the things all come together and then they they expand out from there. So the emptiness that is everything, in fact. Yes, that's exactly right. And that, I guess, is quite a helpful metaphor for some of the yoga philosophical questions that you were grappling with through the prism of numbers. Um, the fact that you can go in two completely different directions and end up in a similar sort of place, <laughs> emptiness and fullness. Uh, how much are these uh, different systems pointing to the same place, do you think, or, or, or are they actually taking people on different journeys? You mean different schools of yoga? Yeah, traditionally speaking. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you. This is, uh, this is, uh, I'm, I'm talking to the expert. Oh, um, I wouldn't say I'm the expert. I'm, I'm very yes. much the interpreter of the experts. <laughs> well, you know, some of the, some of the schools want, want to bring you together with the absolute and others of you want, others of them want to separate you out from, from everything. The classical system is, is, is a separative system. It wants to withdraw from, from any association with nature. Whereas some of the systems you go into nature to find find the self. That's a really good distinction to to highlight. I think if we're thinking about the modern world, I mean, you know, no one's coming to a yoga class certainly, and probably not going to be interested in a philosophical inquiry that means life in a cave. Um, most people are looking to enrich their existence rather than let go of it. Modern yoga is a whole new world. It it it, 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 it draws on the tradition, but it's completely something different. And so how do you square that circle? Well, we have to, um, we have to acknowledge a tradition. I mean, we, we, we're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the growing edge of that tradition now. Mm -hmm. we, we've inherited things 
that we should be very careful with. Um, but I, at the other, on the other, at the same time, there's there's things that we need to do to to make it to make the, the tradition more relevant to to our to our situation to our time and place. It's it's a tricky it's tricky uh, thing to do. I mean, you you don't you don't want to just don't want a rough shot over tradition, but you also want to be able to uh, bring the practice into a, a meaningful relationship with, with the modern world. And I think you, you highlighted quite nicely. Uh, let's see if I can find. Uh, yeah, you wrote uh, yoga is always changing and it's up to us to make sure it always does so for the better. So actually, yeah. you know, baked into tradition is the the constant search for innovation to keep yoga relevant to, to time and place. And, and everybody you know does this without admitting that they're changing things in a traditional context. But obviously today, you know, we can't really get away with that. So, uh, yeah, well, you know, people sometimes think that yoga is, Mon, uh, it's static it, it never changes and that's that's a mistake i think uh, you know you have to look you, you look you look back into the into the tradition you see it, it's continuously changing a lot of course a lot slower than it is now i mean now it's changing overnight and we're in the past it took a few hundred years to make a change but it's still changed and it, it, it and come bring it to this country transplanted into american soil it's it, you gotta you gotta um, do something different with it or else it, it'll, it'll never survive in, in our culture and obviously uh, one of the ways in which that's happened is to highlight you know, embodied practice and there's always yeah. been a, a tradition of some form of embodied practice even going back two and a half thousand years even if that practice was to try and you know, <laughs> beat the body into submission and let go of it but uh, these days you know really cultivating an awareness of being embodied is is the first step towards actually seeing beyond what's between the ears that keeps us lost in confusion so that's that's one thing practically speaking but i wonder in you know the the decades that you've been involved with the yoga scene particularly in the united states what you've seen change theoretically or philosophically what what seems to 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 be the you know the cutting edge of that dimension well when i when i started yoga in 1980 i mean there was like maybe two or three yoga schools in the bay area mm. And uh, you know now, of course, it's, there's one on every street corner of a school, um, so it's, it's become much more mainstream, as I'm sure you know. And and and, and there's a, there's always a double-edged sword about a double uh, double-edged sword about that. You know, it 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 um, it's good that people are getting involved in the practice, but you know, there's a lot of distortion going on as well uh, of, of the tradition. So. Um, 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 I think it's a good thing, actually, that that, that yoga has made it into the mainstream. But we have to be careful to, you know, maintain the idea that it's 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 part of something greater than we are, we, we, and not to abuse it and not to not to not to exploit it for for our own personal gain. And I think there is a concern, you know, to to be careful with that these days. I mean, the the, the term cultural appropriation gets bandied yeah. about a lot and can be in itself, you know, misused, I think, to uh, exactly. all, all, all sorts of nefarious ends. But um, practically speaking, you know, we, we do have to be mindful about this. And, and also, as you, you were saying, you know, acknowledge that there's there's more to yoga than what we might want to do with it. And there's certainly more to yoga yeah. than us. Um, so how, sure. might, how, how, might, how might you define what what uh, that consists of in modern language? Uh, what, what What is it? It's bigger than us that we're talking about well gosh is that is that, is that a question for just uh, a short <laughs> just an answer? easy one you know i thought we thought we'd just start with that you know it's basics well um you know um modern yoga has really a couple of streams i mean there's an exercise stream mm. wherein people are not 
particularly interested in anything more than the physical practice, which is perfectly fine. I mean, I have no problem with that. I make a living off the part of it, partly anyway. <laughs> um, but there are there are people who get into the practice who realize that there's something more going on, and you know, the, those are the people that uh, want to read books like you know the, the Truth of Yoga and, and books like that. And um, um, oftentimes these these people get into the practice after after a life in business or or whatever and they they, they discover that there's more to life than just you know making money and and um and and um it's very interesting to see people who who who, who um who, 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 who all of a sudden discover that there's 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 more to their to their practice than just doing a few asanas every day where do you think that comes from? Because it's often not, you know, introduced philosophically for them. It just seems to be an insight that emerges for people. What's what? what, what well, yoga is transformative. Yoga is transformative. It's very sneaky. Um, you know, you, you start stretching in certain ways, or start breathing in certain ways, and certain things in in your body begin to open up, and you begin to, you know, you, you begin to, to feel and see things that you've never felt or seen before, and it it, it raises questions about the the world around you, and, and that's when people start to look 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 into yoga more more deeply more fully i like that word questions i think uh, you know there's a, a a lot of concern these days with with answers and uh, everybody's yeah. got the answer to everything but um yoga yeah. seems to be about inquiry and uh, whether it's approached physically or philosophically um asking questions about what we're doing seems to be a good place to start um, absolutely how, how, how has that been framed to you by teachers you've encountered? You mentioned Georg Feuerstein. Obviously, he was one of the early pioneers of this fusion of scholarship and practice. Yeah. So I wonder how he talked about this process of you know starting to look deeper. Georg was a very interesting person. <laughs> you know, I read his book, Holy Madness. He certainly seems to have yeah. been you know, in um, the deep end. <laughs> Georg was a walking encyclopedia. I mean, he he really, you know, if you asked him a question, a simple question about something, you got a 10-minute lecture on the entire range of, of, of knowledge on that subject. Um, but he wasn't much interested in modern yoga at all. I mean, he, he, he was a traditionalist to the core. And he, he, um, he felt that... Um, he felt that what 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 we were doing, what the West was doing with yoga, was 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 not uh, was not useful, was not helpful. So he he was always he, he was backward looking in in in, in, in a traditional way. Um, Interesting, and you say would, that. So I, sorry, just to interrupt. I, I remember picking up a book. I think it was called. Um, the psychology of yoga, uh, which may have been published just after he died, and uh, that seemed to the, the last chapter. It was called "Towards a Western Yoga," and it seemed to be you know, picking up on Carl Jung's idea that the West should fuse, uh, you know, yoga practice with Christianity and come up with its own system rather than you know mis mistreating indigenous wisdom from elsewhere. Well, maybe I missed that, but um, as as for the for the time I knew him, um, I, um, he was very he was very I don't know if critical is the right word, but he didn't really mm -hmm. care for for modern yoga that much. He didn't like the he didn't like the emphasis on asana and right. the physicality of a modern yoga very much. He was more into the philosophical, of course, side and, and the meditation. He was a closet Buddhist, I think, Georg. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, because if we if we come to the real core of what 
what yoga is about. I mean, traditionally, yoga was a meditation practice. It wasn't about exactly. you know, the only asana was to sit down and get on with it. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, in the Buddhist tradition, there's obviously a lot more um, yeah, kind of complexity in the articulation of what meditation practice consists of, and yeah, where it's oriented and how that fits together in, into the bigger picture. And you know, in, in mm. the Hindu yoga traditions, not so much said about about meditative practices, apart from some of the the wackier visualizations um, or. <laughs> Or just, yeah um or, or in the sort of Patanjali context just sit down shut up and you know <laughs> then it'll all happen <laughs> supposedly there's not much step-by-step guidance so there isn't a lot to work with um so if one does want to start learning to meditate it's often easier to go to the nearest buddhist center and uh, and, and get some <laughs> instruction have you come across people teaching yoga meditation um, particularly in California? not much um I've, I've been teaching yoga and pranayama for uh, for 25 years, maybe. I don't know how long it's been. And uh, my classes, and when I teach those workshops, they're, they're very small. I mean, people <laughs> have not in the past been interested in doing anything but m- much more than the physical practice. Mm-hmm. Pranayama has been sort of shoved into the background, which is, of course, ironic because, as you say, that was the, that was the um, essential practice for, for hundreds of years in, 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 in yoga. The yeah, breathing I mean, if, is if, if, focused. If, 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 if focusing the mind was sort of the mental discipline, the physical discipline was working right. with the breath, exactly. Right, right, yeah. So, um, I guess then the question is, uh, you know, how, how, how to sort of build a bridge between between this uh, sort of practical shift off into a you know more exercise oriented direction, um, and the concern with maintaining a link to tradition, which really can only be done, I suppose, in terms of philosophical orientation. Um, because things have changed so much. There isn't really, you know, anything about what most people do today in a yoga class before the 20th century in Indian text. Um, Some of the postures are older, obviously, but uh, the idea of joining them together and teaching them to busy people from the city to de-stress for a while, that really only started 100 years ago. Um, So I wonder wonder what sort of anchors we can can reach for. Sorry. That's what I was just going to say, that we're yoga babies. Um, if you yeah. compare us to 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 to, to people, uh, to practitioners in India, who've been going at it for what twenty five hundred years minimum, um, and we've been going at it. I mean, we can start from eighteen ninety three in Vivekananda, but that really wasn't what we're doing today. I mean, hmm. no, we we'll probably just really go back. All that. <laughs> yeah, he was indeed. Uh, you know, maybe we can start with Indra Devi in the, in the late nineteen forties when she came to this country to open a yoga studio in Hollywood. Um, so, you know, we're just relying on our bed, our, in our cribs, I should say, we're wiggling our fingers and that's our, you know, that's our mudras and we're wiggling around in our bodies. That's our asanas and we're going, nah, 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 and that's our, that's our mudras. And, you know, we've right now, we, we, we can't really get a really good sense of what yoga in this country is going to be like, because it's, it's just, this is now starting and it's going to, you know, it's going to take a long, long time for it to get, to really get, get anchored into our society or on our culture, I should say, and make it make have it make it a, a difference with a lot of people. Thanks for tuning in to this preview. Uh, to continue listening and to get access to all archived episodes along with other perks, visit ancientfutures.substack.com.